Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If your blood runs orange and blue, orange and blue, 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 blue this, this is the pod, the pod for you. You're listening to Orange and Blue Bloods, hosted by EJ Stewart and Tommy Beer. Let's get to it, New York. The heat extinguished. This is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast. Myself, Tommy Beer, with you guys, an Odyssey original. Plenty to get to on this episode. We'll be talking about this big win that the Knicks got over the Miami Heat, moving them four games ahead of the Heat in the standings. We'll talk about how they got this win. We'll talk about what it means for the standings moving forward. And we'll talk about, um, essentially, if we're kind of done with this whole race in the in, in the in the East. You know, is it, is it a situation where the Knicks now are going to be locked into that five seed? We'll discuss all that. We'll also talk about one of the most important storylines coming out of that game, which is that Julius Randle had to exit in the first half with an ankle injury. They're calling it a sprain. Uh, no word yet other than that he's supposed to be evaluated sometime on Thursday. We're recording this podcast on Thursday. So, of course, if we get any updates, we will provide that as we record. But um, Randall's sprained ankle did not return. Nick's still able to get this win. So we'll talk about uh, what a Randall you know, departure or exit will mean for the Knicks for the next coming games if he is unable to play beginning Friday in Cleveland. And speaking of Friday in Cleveland, we will preview Knicks-Cavs, a big matchup, potentially a first-round playoff preview between these two teams so they've played three entertaining games earlier this season this will be the fourth one between these teams so we'll talk about that as well uh my guy tommy beer of course joined me as well tommy a big big win last night a win that you said was uh in a game that was the most important game of the season yeah you know when we started this podcast first basically first month of season ej there was no guarantees that the knicks would make the playing tournament uh, not at all um, l- let alone the playoffs uh but with last night's victory um it certainly looks that way um it's certainly their magic number to clinch a top six seed which is uh, qualifying for the officially for the playoffs is just one game now um so it looks it's, it, it's only a matter of time before they lock that up the fifth seed still a little bit in question nets hanging around um two mm-hmm. and a half games back but um yeah uh a, a remarkable season um and i think the knicks put a exclamation point on it uh last night at msg yeah, it was a great atmosphere at MSG. We'll be talking plenty about that. Again, this is Orange and Blue Bloods, a New York Knicks podcast, Odyssey WFA and Original. Of course, you can get these episodes of the podcast wherever you get your podcast, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you get the auto-download feature on your streaming service so that you can uh, get these episodes every time we drop. Um, we're actually doing two this week because of some scheduling conflicts, but normally we drop three times a week, so make sure you get the auto-download feature so that you can get these episodes every time we drop also be sure to uh check us out on youtube as well 
Uh, we're on the WFAN page. We're on the Odyssey Sports page. You can get the full episode of this podcast from a video format or um, segments from this episode from these episodes as well. So make sure you check us out on YouTube as well. You can find us at the uh, WFAN channel and the Odyssey Sports channel. So let's begin with this big win last night at the Garden. So the Knicks got a crucial dub at MSG last night, defeating the Miami Heat. The Knicks survived some frigid shooting a slew of first-half turnovers, and an injury to Julius Randle to take a two-point lead into the halftime, uh, halftime period. The Knicks went, were then led by an absolute dazzling performance once again by Emmanuel Quickly, who led the team with 24 points. Quinn Grimes also had a big game. He had 23 in this one. He was the main uh, guy responsible for guarding Jimmy Butler, did an outstanding job, keep, job keeping him in check. The Knicks took over the game in the fourth quarter on the defensive end, holding Miami to just 16 points in the period. Um, their defense, in part, sparked a 9-0 run midway through the fourth quarter, capped off by back-to-back breakaway dunks from Grimes and Josh Hart. That ended up kind of putting the Knicks ahead for good. Uh, Jalen Brunson, who had been out many games, or at least the last few games, uh, out of the Knicks lineup, he returned in this game, scored 12 points in 30 minutes, but did not close this game. Coach Tom Thibodeau elected to stick with the lineup that was playing well. That lineup included IQ, Grimes, Hart, R.J. Barrett, and Isaiah Hartenstein. The group would secure a win for the Knicks, 101-92. Knicks now enter Thursday four games ahead of Miami, who have the first playing spot, the last uh, spot you know, outside of the playoffs, as they sit as the seventh seed currently. Knicks also secured the tiebreaker over Miami, meaning – they won the season series 3-1. So, Tommy, how did the Knicks do it? You know, let's let's start first and foremost with defense. Uh, I think that's the, the the story of the game for the Knicks. Um, we know what happened last Wednesday. Uh, Miami scores 127 points, shoot 57% from the floor, over 50% from downtown. Um, and last night, uh, Miami scores 92 points, shoots 44% from the floor, 33% from behind the arc. You know, sometimes it's as simplistic as, yes, this game, you know, was a make or miss league. Um, and the Knicks forced the Heat to miss a lot of shots yesterday. Just played well defensively. Um, and then the other, you know, the the other, you know, major takeaway was end of the third quarter, score is 76-76. Brunson's are uh, uh, Randall's already ruled out with that nasty ankle sprain. We'll talk about uh, yep. Brunson's clearly not a hundred percent was a little bit rusty. Um, you know, just, you know, as he, as he kind of works his way back into game shape, um, you know, just hasn't had that consistency. Um, Nick start the quarter, as you mentioned with uh, IQ Grimes, Barrett, Hart and, and Hartenstein. In, I, I looked it up this morning. Fast. It, it, amazingly, those five guys hadn't been on the floor together. Just, you know, the, that five-man unit hadn't played a second prior to mm-hmm. stepping on the floor um, to start the, the the fourth quarter last night. Those guys st- remain in the game the entire fourth quarter, outscore the Heat by 11, um, sparked by a 9-0 run middle of the quarter, um, multiple, you know, dunks off fast breaks, I-Heart, um, you know, defending the rim, Hartenstein getting in passing lanes. Yeah. IQ knocking down big shots, Grimes playing incredibly well uh, for the fourth straight game, um, you know, really taking his game to the next level. Um, you know, so often we've talked in these post-game pods um, the day after a, a victory, um, you know, Randall stepped up and, and scored, you know, 37 and, and right. 12, you know, 12 rebounds, five assists. Brunson had a 40-piece. 
Um, and then there's IQ chips in, has a big game here and there. Grimes has a great fourth quarter. Mitchell Robinson blocks four shots. I Hart and, and Hart come off the bench and spark a victory. And that's what this game was about. It was about the team um, leading scores, 24 points, low scoring game. Um, they did just enough to get the victory. And in the fourth quarter, it was about guts, determination, talent, effort. And that's what the Knicks had more of than the Heat, um, sparked by these five guys. Um, IQ, 25th overall pick. Grimes, 25th overall pick. Uh, Hart, 30th overall pick. Uh, Hartenstein, uh, 42nd over, overall pick, I think, mm. in the 17 draft. And RJ Barrett, a top pick coming off a terrible first half. He was awful right. in, the, in the first two Absolutely. quarters, 0 for 8 from the floor. Um, but yet, as we've seen from him time and time and time again, he puts it in his rearview mirror. He said he changed the shoes at halftime to kind of change the mojo, um, <laughs> comes out and scores 11 points uh, in, in the second half. And they need, and without Brunson and Randall, they needed that, that, that timely offense, and they got it from Barrett. Last point I'll make, um, just as far as that kind of final quarter, credit to Tibbs. For leaving those guys in the yep. in, in, on the floor together. Um, interestingly, he had Brunson about to check in about midway through that quarter. Saw how well the team was playing defensively. Saw the the progress they were making. Yanked uh, Brunson back to the bench. Brunson, of course, being the consummate professional, is the first guy standing, the first guy clapping. Said all the things after the game. Um, this is just a really easy team to root for. Um, so many guys that you know that 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 whose whose uh, effort and production exceed their maybe exceed their talent level is evidenced by the fact that they slipped into the late first or the second round. Um, they cheer for each other. They root for each other. Um, there's a lot to like there. Um, and I thought this game, because um, it wasn't ugly. This was a, it wasn't pretty rather. This was a yeah. kind of sloppy, sluggish game. Um, the Heat did not play well. Um, they should, you know, this is a terrible season for, for Miami considering the expectations. Um, but uh, that's a story for another day. As far as the, the Knicks are concerned, um, made a little more sweet to kind of um, Pat Riley and, and Butler and, and Spo and those guys for, for them to kind of uh, put their foot on their neck of the Heat and kind of prevent them from from advancing to that, most likely advancing uh, into the playoffs and having to fight their way out of the play-in tournament um, and a little extra. Um, but, yeah, great win for the Knicks, great win for the franchise, great win for the fans um, and what has been a, a certainly exciting um, season. Absolutely has been an exciting season. And you mentioned it, Tommy, the defense in this one was a difference maker because I thought – in a, a particularly a first quarter that was so rugged and so one of the I think that might have been the worst first quarter offensively the Knicks have played. The amount of turnovers, the amount of missed layups. Um, if it wasn't Quentin Grimes, they would have been down. They, oh, I don't know how oh, they oh, oh, oh for six from the free throw line. Free throws, yes, couldn't make a free throw. I, I actually I don't know if you even looked it up. But I, I tweeted I was like, has the team ever started a game zero for six from the free throw line? Like maybe there was a game with Shaq, I guess got fouled, <laughs> right, time, right. maybe or Will Chamberlain, but zero for six to start. And these were good free throw shoots. It wasn't like Mitch went to the line six times. Right. I don't know if he shot a free throw. I, I that missed three. Yeah. So um, so it was it was a really rough start, but they kind of kept kept themselves in the game because their defense started the game strong first, but they got out to eight-oh run to begin with. And their defense really held serve for the entire game and then really kind of closed the show in the fourth quarter. And it's crazy how that closing line that we got happened essentially by accident. Because if Randall doesn't get hurt, Obi doesn't play that long stretch of the entire third quarter, and Tibbs now trying to mix and match what he was going to do. I was wondering if Sims may come on cold or what, how he would work that. But he decided let's just play, uh, you know, I guess the rest of the way with eight men essentially, and just just to try to play hard at the four, which is something that he has talked about. 
and something that he had, he had mentioned is something he he thought he could maybe do. We had not really seen it much this season yet, but here was a, a, a prime example to do that because the Heat oftentimes play Jimmy Butler at the four. They play smaller lineups. So this was the perfect team to, to run this up against. And I got to be honest, like this is a line that they probably have to look at as something that they can use in the playoffs because it is probably their best defensive lineup. I mean, when you consider you get Brunson off the floor, Reno Randall's defense can be spotty at times. And it's one of their quickest lineups, you know, quickly and Grimes as a backcourt defensively. Now you got RJ who's playing much better defense. I think he needs to get more credit for the defense he's been playing late. And then, of course, Josh Hart is a dog. And, then, you know, in Hardenstein, he was phenomenal uh, in this game. Uh, he had two steals. He had a block in this one. Again, the, the stat line won't always suggest kind of his impact. But, I mean, he made some key plays during that 9-0 stretch defensively that helped the Knicks put the heat away. So that's a line that they got to explore. Like, that's not something that they typically say, all right, you know, we're having one game and throw that away. They're going to have to get back to that. And, you know, the play of Emmanuel quickly is, is continues to just be, uh, you know, a revelation. You know, he really is uh, tracking to be um, an impact borderline star player in this league. Like, there's the, how many games have we seen where the Knicks are playing, you know, quote-unquote good competition? And I think the Heat are a talented team, that team that's underachieving, obviously. And quickly, they will dominate games. I mean, these are, he's playing not playing against guys who are, you know, you know, we ain't saw the Rocket game 40 points. Okay, it's the Rockets. Maybe you don't care about that as much. But there have been other games against really good teams where Emmanuel quickly is out there. He's the best player on the floor. Last night in a game where Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler were playing in the game, Emmanuel quickly, again, still best player on the floor. A guy they couldn't guard. If he made some free throws, he would have had 30 last night. So uh, another great performance with Emmanuel quickly. And, and I do think that um, – Grimes, I hope he doesn't get lost in the shuffle because I agree Emmanuel quickly is playing. Because Quinn Grimes, his emergence over this last week or so, because remember, even during that losing streak, he was playing really well. He was like the only guy playing well, really. So his emergence and, and how he's kind of being able to break through the kind of maybe sophomore wall here, where maybe those minutes kind of got to him and now he's kind of refreshed and he's ready to go. If this is the guy they're going to get from in terms of his production – the Knicks become a very dangerous team because you know what you got from Brunson and Randall. Now you have Grimes and IQ playing at this level. You got to be really excited about what Knicks can do in the playoffs, potentially. Uh, Emmanuel Quickly, best player on the floor last night. Monday night, Emmanuel Quickly, best player on the floor last night uh, in the Rockets game. The game before, Orlando. Uh, Knicks lost, but Emmanuel quickly was the best player in the floor yeah. on, on the floor. Last three games in, in, uh, during that three game stretch, 29.7 points per game, 6.7 dimes, two steals, three made three pointers while shooting over 59% from the floor and over 47% from downtown. Um, those are remarkable numbers. The game, uh, the, the overtime uh, slugfest marathon game in Boston yeah. where Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were on the, were in the game, as we talk about. Ike Emanuel quickly, best player on the floor. Um, you know, it's 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 become now where where what is this guy ceiling? You know, right. Um, a lot of talk about the Knicks need a third star. I don't think IQ is that. You know, is the is the type of guy you 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 know. I don't know if he has All NBA ceiling. Um, but uh, at this point, the way he's played over this you know this, this season at large, um, I think the last three games have locked up six man of the year. I think it's almost a foregone conclusion at this point. Um, yeah. With as well as the as well as he's played as efficient as he's been, the Knicks 
locking up uh, at least the sixth seed, most likely a fifth seed. Um, all these factors, um, I'd be shocked if IQ didn't win six man of the year right now. Um, and uh, if, you know, for a 23 year old player to win the, to be the best six man in the NBA says quite a lot. Those guys aren't yeah. are, are few and far between. So um, it really changes kind of the the future dynamic. And yes, um, really good point about uh, Quinn Grimes. Um, four straight games now where he's 15 plus points during this four game stretch. He's averaging 21 points, and he's also doing the other things that it's not just scoring the ball. You know, he's not a, right. a guy that's gonna you know he's not Duncan Robinson who's gonna stand in the corner and make threes. Um, during this four game stretch, 21 points, six rebounds, 4.3 assists. 1.5 steals, five made trays. He's 23 pointers uh, in the next last four games, shooting 53.6% from the floor, 51.3% from downtown. Um, you can't say enough about, uh, obviously, not only his offensive and not only is he contributing, he's doing so efficiently. His defense last night on Jimmy Butler was was a primary reason why the Knicks won the Outstanding. game. Outstanding. The yeah. combination of Hart and Grimes putting Butler in clamps um, you know, change the change the game. Butler had two points in the fourth quarter, finishes the game with 12 points. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that he was constantly had either Grimes or Hart. Uh, basically, for the for every second he was on the floor, those guys were in his shirt, um, cut the head off the snake, and the Heat had no chance. Um, relying on yep. Kevin Love, washed up Kevin Love shooting threes. Um, Gabe Vincent, who plays like Jordan against the Knicks, wasn't enough. <laughs> which is crazy. Hero had some moments here and there. Bam didn't do much for the second straight game. So, um, yeah, t tons of credit to uh, the, the Knicks and especially those two wings. Yeah, I think Jimmy Butler is still arguing with the refs, and Josh Hart is still looking for the handshake from Jimmy Butler after the game. He's still standing there at Madison Square Garden right now, wondering, is Jimmy Butler going to shake my hand after this game? Um, yeah, I, I agree. I thought that their defense was uh, the difference, those two guys in particular guarding uh, Jimmy Butler. And what a difference, just like a weak Knicks. I mean, remember this Knicks team played the Heat last week, and remember how hapless they looked defensively? Like, they just couldn't guard these guys on any level. And now you come into this game, and you saw the defense, again, from the beginning, they kind of set the tone, even though they were down. It was like, look, if they just figure it out offensively, they'll win this game. And it was crazy because Julius got hurt, and I still felt like oh, I think they're still going to win this game because, like, they're guarding so well. And now we know, okay, if somebody gets hurt, Emmanuel quickly could go out there and be a star caliber guy in a game like this. And that's essentially what he did. He picked up his play. You mentioned Quentin Grimes and, and how he's been playing of late. You mentioned the rebound, too. I think it's uh, also a, a really important thing because I think that's one of the things that I think part of that's because he guards a lot of the best players. So he's not around the ball as much. So he, a lot of times he's contesting shots. So he's not getting rebounds. But because him and Hart got to kind of switch off a couple of times, like we've now seen the last few games that like he's been able to make an impact on the class, which is actually one of his best attributes as a shooting guard. Like he came into that draft class as one of the best rebounding guards in the draft. So seeing him attack the glass the way he, he has, I think maybe watching how hard attacks the glass kind of shows him, Hey, I can go out there and do as well. He has the same capability. You know, the Knicks are already a strong uh, rebounding team. Anybody that can uh, make an extra effort on that helps. So Quentin Grimes attacking the glass, the way he has, um, has been important. And you mentioned RJ Barrett as well. He's Mr. Resilient. Like again, I mean, he missed like 70 layups in the first half. Like, I don't know, what was going on? And, and you know, he he was attacking the mismatch that he was getting from Vincent, and for whatever reason, he just could not finish. But he stuck with it, hit some big shots, hit a big three in that fourth quarter as well. Um, and that's kind of what you expect from him. He he continues to kind of show that he can put things behind him and 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 still you know make an impact on the game. So Knicks get a big win here.
Um, how confident are you at this point looking at the standings that the Knicks are, are kind of locked into that five seed? I mean, I think we both agree that, you know, missing the playoffs seems almost impossible at this point, regardless of if Randall even sits, I think. But, like, now, you know, he now officially kind of in the rear of Rimera. Now you have the Nets right behind him. Do you think that the five seed is pretty much locked at this point, or do you feel like they still um, have something to worry about here? Yeah, I still think they have a little more work to do. Um, as okay. we mentioned, that's only two and a half back, um, and they have a really easy, easy schedule down the stretch. Um, the Knicks don't have a, you know, a, aren't uh, it, it certainly, you know, playing a, a murderer's row of games. Um, but they, you know, the, the, the Knicks next game, obviously, as we mentioned, is is in Cleveland. Um, that, that's that's a, you know, Cleveland's still fighting for potentially, you know, to climb up into the three seed. Um, so it's not like they're, you know, calling off the dogs anytime soon. Nets uh, have six games left on the schedule, five of them at home. Uh, they play the Hawks, then the Jazz. Timberwolves. Then they're at their one road game is against Detroit, which is by far and away the worst team in the league this season. They close yes. up the season um, hosting Orlando and then the Sixers. Who knows if the Sixers will have anything to play for? Um, so is it impossible for the Nets to go five and one, four and two in that stretch? Not impossible. Um, so the Knicks still do have some work to do. Um, you'd like to see them, you know, close it out sooner rather than later. Obviously, we have the issue with Randall now. Um, I'd be surprised if he was cleared to play Friday. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk about that, you know, further in depth in the in the next segment. Um, yeah. But you know, it's it's still you know until it's actually said and done. We've seen the Knicks blow many late fourth quarter leads. This would be blowing a you know a lead of uh, that they that they don't want to do. Um, and again, Brunson being back is huge. He didn't play well last night, but um, most importantly, said afterward he felt fine, didn't suffer any setbacks, which is obviously um, immensely important. Um, they have uh, you know Obi Toppin's going to need to step up again. We'll talk about that um, in a few minutes. Yeah. But yeah, I think you know assuming the Knicks can go three and two. Um, in their in their final five games, even two and three should get the job done. Yeah. Um, but you know, if you lose to Cleveland and then you lose another game, you know, you don't you don't you don't want the Nets to be within a half game, a game and a half, um, with uh, you know a couple games to play. Yeah, I agree. I think two games probably gets it. Um, it's important to note that the Nets have tiebreaker over the Knicks. They they mm-hmm. won. Uh, uh, or yeah, they won. Or is a tie? I, I, I yeah, it's two two. It's two two two. It, it would come down to uh, division schedule, and I believe they're both eight in, uh, division rather, and I believe they're both eight and eight in the division. Yeah, um, Nets are seven eight right now. Yeah, I think the Knicks are eight and eight, and the Nets are seven and eight. So it may right. again come down to that Philly game. So if they win that game, they'd be tied in the division. Then it'd get go further tiebreaker. So that's yeah, kind of still it, in the air, actually. Yeah, Knicks have conference record over the Nets uh, twenty nine yes. nineteen, but both these teams play teams in the conference, so it, you know two game lead there. So that's still. Up the, up the play so i i feel good that the knicks will get to five i don't know if it's a lock per se but i feel good at this point i think that like you said the nets will have to play and to their credit i think they you know they they started to show some life of late um they had to play a little better than they played recently and maybe you know having ben simmons essentially away from the team maybe will also kind of lift their spirits and not have that as a cloud kind of hanging over the head about what's going to happen to close the season in the playoffs He's been shut down, so he's not now a factor for them. So maybe that actually helps the locker room, helps the team. I think things will get this five seed, but uh, yeah, they need to definitely find a way to get some of these games here down the stretch. And and, and just to to uh, the Knicks schedule at Cleveland Friday, 
Then they host the Wizards, definitely, obviously a winnable game. Then their two of their final three games, three games are against the Pacers, very winnable games. Although it sounds like Halliburton will be back, um, but yeah. So they so at Cleveland, host Washington next Wednesday at Indiana, next Friday at New Orleans. New Orleans probably still fighting for a play-in playoff picture, but then they close the season at Indiana. So if nothing else, they should be able to win those two Indiana games. Maybe throw in the Washington game. There's your three wins right there. But again, um, nothing's taken for granted. We know about yeah. the Knicks slim margin of error um so they need to uh you know they, they certainly can't uh you know relax completely just yet yeah tank it on uh knicks had the 19th of the toughest schedule left with five games remaining nets had the 24th toughest schedule with six games remaining so uh that's where things stand right there knicks win this one one on one 92 so as we mentioned julius randall is set to be evaluated um thursday for what the team is calling a sprained ankle randall went down in the second quarter after landing on bam out of bio's foot he was on the garden floor in obvious pain, had trouble walking under his own power. Shout out to the garden crowd, I think, for trying to rally around Julius, MVP chance, trying to get him going, uh, showing the support they had for Julius in that moment. Uh, he was able to shoot the free throws that he had to shoot because of the foul, but he immediately limped over into the locker room. He did not return this game. Randall has been an Iron Man for the Knicks pretty much since he's been here. I think COVID is the only thing that's kept him from missing a game with the Knicks over the last three years. Uh, and, and here, uh, Randall, you know, has not missed a game this season. And here we are now uh, where Randall might not be able to play because of his ankle injury. So how concerned are you first about the injury to Randall? I mean, we don't, we're not doctors, obviously, but given what we saw, did not look good in the moment. Did not look good at all. Um, and you can say what you want about Randall. Um, you know, you can question some stuff. You cannot question that guy's toughness. Um, you know, as you mentioned, he is an iron man. Um, it, it just, it, it looked weird seeing him in pain and seeing him kind of limp because you're just so used to him, just a massive, you know, physical specimen. And, and we've yeah. given credit, Randall he's a ton of credit uh, for how well he's, he's maintained his physique. You know, he came into the season, best shape of his career, um, you know, his, his, you know, strength and, and durability has allowed him to play, you know, the first 75 plus games. Um, so, uh, you know, a ton of credit there. So to see him in pain um, was discouraging. Um, you yep. could see he knew right away that it was serious when he limped off the court. It looked like um, the, the cameras kind of followed him into the into the hallway. It looked like he kind of crumbled in pain once he got, um, you know, into the tunnel. Um, so, yeah, it was just a, a certainly, um, you know, uh, again, with ankles, you don't know. He could wake up. I'm sure there's some swelling this morning. Um, basically, we just have to wait until what, you know, not even what Tib says, because I'm sure he'll downplay it. Um, but, you know, we'll see if they rule him out. Um, obviously, you're going to err on the side of caution two weeks away from from the start of the postseason. Um, so I would be surprised if he played Friday. I'd be surprised if he played in their in you know in, in their next contest. Give him a few days, even if he feels well, um, and, and see kind of how it responds. But you know, if if we're you know looking at the worst case scenario, um, high ankle sprains or you know serious ankle sprains can drag on for weeks and weeks. Yeah. Um, so it could put the, the start of the postseason in jeopardy. Um, but uh, you know th those are questions we're going to have to wait until he speaks with the media, until we get reports uh, from the team medical staff, until you know. We kind of get some, you know, first thing you want to hear um, is is the uh, MRIs and, and the and the x-rays, et cetera, that confirm no breaks, no tears, things along those lines. Um, and then it's just, you know, probably a pain tolerance and swelling issues and all those things that go into an ankle sprain. Um, we'll see how well Randall bounces back. Yeah, I, I, you know, I don't know if he got an x-ray. I assume he would have got an x-ray at the garden. Um, and we would have learned if he broke something. Right. At least the x-ray showed he broke something. So, right. That is probably a good sign that they were able to say sprained ankle. Um, now, of course, we don't know 
about ligaments or things like that because you know you need MRI for that. And Knicks probably couldn't do that uh, on Thursday night or it was be on Wednesday night. But yeah, I mean, it, it it was terrible seeing him go down because Randall is a guy who you know takes Knicks and Knacks and gets up and kind of just brushes them off. So when you saw him kind of writhing in pain and not able to get up off the off the garden floor, it was a little concerning because this is a guy who you know this is a different foot, but like you know he broke his leg you know, as a rookie with the Lakers. And that was the last time I saw him look like that. Like that was the last time where, where he couldn't get up and he just looked like he, he was in obvious pain. So I was immediately took back to that and say, Oh my God, did he break his ankle? Like, like, you know, cause you know, sometimes those things, they look like normal sprains, but then you could have a, you know, a mellow ball situation where you fracture yep. your ankle and you're done for yep. the season. So um, as of right now, it sounds like the Knicks may have avoided that absolute catastrophic uh, incident. But yeah, even if it's an ankle sprain, you're talking about a, a very you know high grade ankle sprain, that's something that could kind of put you out for a month, you know. And this is not no newsflash. It's not the time where Knicks can afford to have one of their best players out for a month that you're heading into the postseason. But yeah, definitely concerning in the moment. Uh, I think the way things sit right now, I, you cannot play him on thir- Friday, Thursday, or Friday whenever they play. Like you, you can't. That that's just like lunacy. He's gonna have to sit at least for a couple of games. Um, and, and, and you got to just try to get him right for the postseason at this point. Like, I, I know it's not ideal to have a guy get hurt this late in the season. But, you know, uh, if he, if he's healthy enough to get a tune-in game, tune-up game, you know, prior to the end of the year, you know, get him out there for 20 minutes. But this is not one of those injuries where you can kind of rush him back, especially with an ankle injury because, you know, you may think you're, fit, you know, it's 70, 80%. You can go out there, but that thing swells up, and that thing can linger. So hopefully the Knicks uh, take the right precautions here, especially given that, you know, they're kind of almost locked in to be a playoff team. You know, what you can't have is going into the playoffs, Randall is compromised and he can't give you what he's supposed to give you. Uh, Totally agree. And I will say even before the ankle injury, he did not look good. Uh, No, he, he had a really rough start to this game. He had a really rough start to the game, scoreless in the first quarter. I think the first time all season he was 0 for 3 from the floor. Didn't look engaged, didn't look involved. Um, Basically, since the 57-point explosion, got a technical in that game, got the technical in the following game, got, you know, uh, had the massive blow up with IQ um, in in the subsequent game. Um, He has not looked right. Um, I don't want to say looked right mentally um, because it sounds kind of pejorative and, and downplaying what could be mental health, health issues. Um, but just right. he has not looked like himself. I'll say that he's not looked like the same Julius Randle we saw over the first 70 plus, you know, 90 percent of the season. Um, I, I don't know if there's something else going on off the court. I don't know if he's dealing with something in his personal life, whatever the case may be. Um, uh, you know, maybe it's just a slump. Um, you know, maybe he was dealing with another shoulder injury or finger injury. Um, you know, these guys are dealing with constantly dealing with nicks and bruises. Um, so, you know, he's, who knows what, the, what he was fighting through, but he just did not seem like himself the last week yeah. or so. Um, maybe this is a blessing in disguise. You hope that it's not a significant ankle sprain that just, you know, can require a, a couple days rest and ice and, and all that stuff. Um, and maybe that helps him kind of reset his internal clock and kind of recalibrate, you know, you know, do some deep breaths and, and take some yoga classes, et cetera. Um, but he has not looked like good uh, for the last couple, you know, for the last, you know, 10, seven to 10 days or so. Um, so maybe this is something that can kind of help him recharge his battery a little bit. I guess if you're looking for a bright side, that could potentially be one. 
Yeah, I mean, he's a player that definitely could probably use a reset. I do not yeah. want him to, have, him to have a reset. At, this be the reason why. I don't want right, to injure right. is the reason why he has a reset. But this is a guy that plays every day. Um, Tibbs definitely ain't going to be someone who's going to lighten up on his minutes when he's out there. So he's playing his 37 to 40 minutes a night. Um, he's taking his his punishment because he's a physical player. And, you know, we've seen that that seasons can take a toll on him emotionally. So he's going to have to sit out here for at least a week, you would think. Maybe more. Hopefully it's not too much more than that. But you think at least a week he's going to have to sit out. And maybe this is his ability to kind of focus on something outside of, you know, playing in games. You know, he can focus right. on rehab, focus on getting his ankle right. And in turn, maybe that can kind of give him the full reset he needs. Because you're right. I think that he entered that game absolutely with not not the right mindset. I mean, this is a game, it's a playoff caliber game. You're playing against a Miami Heat team that he's been torturing for most of the season. So, you know, they were going to be keyed in on him, and they were. And he just was kind of – I would describe him as passive. Yeah. Like he really wasn't trying to, he wasn't trying to force the issue in any way. And that's, and you know, maybe you say, well, that's a good thing. Cause sometimes he does force it, but it was bad. Like to start that first quarter because Knicks were so hapless offensively. And it almost reminded me of, it's a very weird analogy, but since you know, the NBA, you probably remember this game. There was a game like in 2002, 2003, I want to say like the Lakers were playing the Kings and like, there had been this back and forth between Kobe and Shaq about taking shots. And Kobe came into a game. I think he didn't shoot the first half. He might have shot like four times the whole game. The yeah. Lakers got blown out by the Kings on a national TV game on Sunday afternoon. And, and you know, it was kind of said that, you know, hey, Kobe wanted to make a point, I guess. Okay, you don't want him to shoot? All right, watch this. Yeah. It, it almost looked like that with Randall. I don't know for sure, but that's how disengaged he was to start that game. So I, I, you're right. He didn't start off the game that well. Um, but yeah, hopefully this can maybe reset him at least. And of course, of course, hopefully he gets back healthy. That's the most important thing. Hopefully he can you know, get this ankle right. In this meantime, how do the Knicks adjust? I mean, like I mentioned before, I think that that lineup we saw with the, the small ball four being Josh Hart is something that they're going to have to uh, play. We know Obi Toppin now is going to have a much bigger role. You would assume he enters the starting lineup, though maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe Tibbs throws with Hart after what he just saw. Uh, what, what do we think of how the Knicks adjust with Randall out? Yeah, so I think that, uh, Ob has earned the opportunity to to be inserted into the starting lineup. Um, you know he's, he's he's played he's been a good soldier for you know three plus years now. Um, yeah. And and Hart plus Hart is just so excels in that in that in that role of the bench. So I don't think you want yep. to mess with the chemistry um, heading into the playoffs. Um, and, and, and to your earlier point, I think we definitely have to, uh, he has to experiment with that, that, that five man unit that closed out, uh, Wednesday's win over Miami. Um, that being said, I think of a lot of it's going to be matchup based. So for instance, um, heading into Cleveland, assuming, um, uh, Mo, Evan Mobley and Jared Allen are both healthy and suit up. Um, that's not the, you know, that's probably not the, the front court. Tough you matchup. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, whether, you know, you bring in Sims or see how long, you know, if, uh, if Obi can handle 40 minutes, um, without getting terrorized by, um, Evan Mobley, who's having a really good second half of the season, one of the league's yeah. rising stars. Um, and then, uh, you know, Mitch, uh, Mitch has also been, he has not looked good, um, in the, in the last few games. Um, I think, has, I think he's not a hundred percent. I really think that knee's bothering him. 
Agreed. He still looks like he's dragging that knee a little bit. Um, doesn't have that same explosion and and just kind of that that same. Uh, he has he hasn't impacted the game nearly as much um, prior to the injury um, since. So you know maybe you know we'll we'll see if the you know maybe limit him his minutes a little bit. Um, don't be afraid to give him some time off this this last two weeks of the season. Um, you know so maybe that involves Sims getting uh, getting some rotation. Um, that being said, if Tibbs is going to stick with the nine men, and um, obviously Randall's out. I would put McBride in ahead of Sims. Yeah, yeah, I just think, uh, you know, we've seen how much McBride helps a team um, both ends of the floor, especially now that he's knocking down shots of late. Um, so this may be a good opportunity for him to kind of, um, you know, get in, get in, um, you know, to, to, to make an impact again, have an opportunity again. I think like Toby, he's earned an opportunity um, to see extended minutes. So um, again, a lot of it's matchup dependent. If, if, if Mitch Rob gets in foul trouble, or if Mitch Rob sits out a game, um, then Sims, you know, then, then you don't have much of a choice. Um, but if you're game planning, I'd like to see Tibbs game plan. Um, for for uh, McBride to play at least 12, 15, 18 minutes a night um, while Randall sideline. Yeah, I, I, it's so funny you mentioned that because I didn't think you would go there. But I totally agree. I, I really think that McBride should be the guy that gets entered into the rotation and you just run a little smaller for the next however many games you have. What's interesting is the Knicks, if you love talking about getting ready for the playoffs, it's you know likely going to be this Cleveland team. Yep. If it's not Cleveland, it'll be Philly. Um, yep. And if you, if it is five second round match, you'll be looking at Milwaukee most likely. All three teams probably not lines that you you want to go small. So there's a part of me when I was thinking about this, like, oh, do you get Sims ready? Because like you know there are games where there may be foul trouble, he has to play. But I still think that McBride has played so well that I a want to keep him fresh, and b I want to see okay, like how do we look if we do have to go small against some of these teams. And, and if it doesn't work out, they say, all right, Sims going to have to get some time because we, we can't guard these teams. You know, I think it's going to be a very interesting test for them. But I agree. McBride was playing so well prior to Brunson returning that I think that he's earned the chance to still get out there, especially given that Hart has shown that he can handle playing the four. I will say this. If you're ever going to experiment Friday's the game because uh, experiment with something you're probably not going to do in the postseason, I should say. Because there's a little bit of game chips involved. If you think that five-man unit is going to be a real impactful unit in the playoffs, right. don't give Cleveland a look at it on, on yeah. Friday night. You know, like, yeah, yeah. don't give them a first-hand look and, you know, have time to That's prepare true. and get a feel yeah. for it. Um, you know, if you really think that is something you might roll out in the playoffs, keep, you know, keep it out at night. And then, you know, you don't want your, your first-round opponent to get a, you know, basically get a free practice session against it. And I really thought this game, the Knicks won, was extremely important for – Everyone in the organization, especially at least at the very least, everyone that coaches and plays for the Knicks, because I think oftentimes because the Knicks have kind of made Julius Randle their kind of the center of their earth in their universe. Sometimes they kind of forget that it's a team. I think sometimes the players sometimes forget that it's a team. It's crazy as that sounds, given how sometimes they kind of just rely on Randle to just kind of just get them out of situations and seeing them play as a team to beat the heat that game i hope it kind of opened everybody's eyes to saying hey like this is a good team like yet yeah, randall is extremely important they cannot win anything if he's not out there but they have a good team they have multiple weapons and if they play as a team they can win they don't have to win playing only one way which is only running everything through Brand Randall and Brunson. We've now seen that IQ can take over games. We've now seen that Grimes can have big games offensively. We've now seen that they can win games on their defense, being a disruptive unit who can cause turnovers, which we saw in the fourth quarter. 
I'm hoping that everybody saw that and said, okay, we can play any style of play. We don't have to get bogged down into playing uh, a one-on-one isolation kind of game with Randall or a two-man game solely with Brunson and, and Randall. And I hope that Randall saw, hey, the way of the world isn't on me. I think so much of the issues he has is this idea that he feels like everything is on him. And he doesn't have a lot of pressure, but everything isn't on him. He can rely on his teammates. He can play, you know, secondary to some of these guys when they're going. And and hopefully he kind of saw that defensive effort and said, hey, these guys are getting after it. And they won a game essentially on their defense. I got to give that same effort as well to help my teammates. I, I hope everybody who watched that game um, were all upset that Jules got hurt. But I hope everybody who watched that game saw it and said, hey, we can win basketball games more than just hoping Randall plays well and living with the fact that maybe he just won't close out on people or live with the fact that, hey, he's going to take some bad shots and force some things or he's going to get some turnovers, but we got to live with it. I'm hoping everybody saw him today. That's not how we have to play. Not saying that you're not going to have games where you're going to have to rely on him. You will. But this team is a good team. They need to start acting like they are a good team, not a team of two guys. And I hope the head coach saw it too. And obviously he did, Exactly. Uh, you know, because so often the season it's Brunson Randall, Brunson Randall, the fourth quarter, the last six minutes, like, you know, last, you know, three minutes of the first half, you need a bucket, you know, they're very predictable. Predictability leads to make, yep. makes it easy for defenses to lock in against certain actions. Um, that unpredictability that grimes, if you, if you close out too hard, he's in the lane, dumps it off to Hart for a dunk or Mitch Rob for a dunk. Um, IQ plays, you know, had that beautiful pass uh, trapped in the, in the coffin corner. Oh um, my God. Yeah. Comes in the air, throws an incredible pass to Hartenstein for a dunk. Um, you know, these, th- these are the type of things that make the Knicks far less predictable. Hart, uh, Josh Hart grabbing the ball, a defensive rebound running you know pushing the ball down the court you don't pick yeah. him up he's got to lay up uh you know his, his one his two foot euro um finishing with his opposite hand um or he'll you know kick out to a guy um so all these things um you know I, I, we've been calling for it and, and asking for tips to do it and maybe seeing it in the flesh um you know increases the likelihood of it happening um who knows if randall's there he probably you know comes back in the in the fourth but to your point uh, maybe there's a little bit of a silver lining there by showing um everybody involved the players the coaches the fans that there there are multiple ways to skin a cat here there are multiple ways to finish this yeah. thing um and if randall doesn't have it one night leave him on the bench a little bit longer right. he's not contributing yeah. defensively and you know his shot isn't falling you know give obi a couple extra minutes give hard time at the four um you know there, there's there's other ways that we that we can figure this out so i think that was important in that respect yeah it was important because i think sometimes when 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 there is a rush to defend randall there's an uh there's a attitude of, well, we, we have to just live with everything that comes with, with Randall. And sometimes that sometimes that stuff is negative because we have no other choice because they cannot play or win in any other way. And it's weird. Cause I feel like the very few times there have been situations where he hasn't played or whatever, the Knicks have shown that they can live without him. Um, and, and then, but then it kind of gets dismissed as, oh, well, that was two games or all oh, that was the end of the season, or you can't take that. Like I, I, again, it's, it's not a, a distant random at all. I'm just saying at this overall as a team that this is a team. And I think that uh, I hope that the whole organization understands that and starts treating it like that. I hope the players understand that and start treating it, treating it like that because I thought that that was the only silver lining in, in Randall not being able to return that game was that they were able to find a way to win without Brunson on the floor. I mean, like, think about that. I mean, Randall will go without, doesn't even return, and they still find a way to win. So it shows that the Knicks have a, a really solid squad this season. So let's get to a preview of Friday. 
we could be watching a preview of the Knicks first round matchup at the playoffs because they faced the Cleveland Cavaliers um, in Cleveland. Currently, Cavaliers fourth in the Eastern Conference. They are four games ahead of New York, who are fifth. So Knicks not catching them probably uh, for that uh, fifth a fourth overall seed. Uh, the Cleveland had been playing outstanding ball of late. They did have their eight game win streak snapped by the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, that, that game came down to a one possession game on Tuesday. Uh, Hawks beating the Cavs. So the Cavs have their win streak snapped, but they've been one of the highest teams in the NBA. We talked about for the last few weeks how they've had this really easy schedule and that continues. I think they still have one of the 27th, 28th easiest schedules remaining. Um, now, the, every time these teams have played, they've been really entertaining games. Knicks uh, beat the Cavs in their last matchup on January 24th. Knicks do have the uh, season series lead as of right now. So um, I ask you this, Tommy, like how much do you feel like we can take away from the result of this game, knowing that this may end up being a you know playoff matchup? Yeah, I don't think too much, to be honest, because like I said, I think both teams recognize that there's a very high likelihood that they're going to face each other in that first round mm -hmm. series, which will be the the marquee matchup uh, in the in the Eastern yes. Conference um, yep. in terms of series appeal. And um, yeah, I'm mean, listen, you can't write the script. The Knicks don't get Donovan Mitchell. Um, yeah. You know, he ends in the New York kid. He ends up uh, going to Cleveland. Um, you know, and, and it, it, it just, just the other thing about this week is the next two best, the next two best players this week, um, in their two wins, probably going back four games now have been IQ and Grimes. And those right. are the two guys that were discussed in the potential trade. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like this underlying thing all season, Randall would struggle and, you know, Twitter would say, well, good thing we didn't trade him for Mitchell. Um, but you don't say yeah, that about know, IQ right. who's going to win six man of the year and Grimes who's emerging as a legit NBA caliber starting caliber two guard, you know, at, at a minimum, you know, it seems like that's his floor right now. Um, so to give up a six man of the year and a, and, and, a, and a good starting two way three and D two guard um, and draft capital in addition to RJ Barrett, which, you know, was up in the air right now, but um, you know, what, whatever it would have taken um, you, at least one of those two guys, if not both IQ and Grimes, in addition to Barrett, yeah. depending on what the draft capital was, that will all be talked about ad infinitum um, in the days and the weeks uh, because we'll have a you know five days in between the the end of the regular season and the then you get the playing tournament then you get the start of the of the postseason um, so this will be a very hype series a lot of attention Stephen A Smith screaming about please don't lose to Donovan Mitchell um, yeah. and we kid Stephen A but he'll be speaking for a lot of Nick fans it would it would hurt that much good. more. Um, so there's just, there's a lot of emotions and stuff going. Um, so roundabout way, I don't think um, each coaching staff recognizing um, that you know that that, that these two it's it's like when a, 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 um, a two football teams are playing each other in the preseason, uh, like the third game of the preseason, but they're also going to play each other the fourth week of the regular season. You're yeah. not going to use your usual personnel. You're going to do you know you're going to run. You're not going to run your bread and butter stuff on 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 third and one your go-to play you're going to do it you know something off the back of the page playbook um because again you don't want your opponent to get a feel and, and a look at you know how you plan on um taking advantage of them so um so for that reason i wouldn't put too much into it this knicks if the knicks had lost wednesday um then the, you know the heat are are only a half game back or a game and a half back and the nets are only a half game back then it gets a little more complicated and there's a little more pressure to win um but seeing as randall's out um, seeing as the Knicks, you know, collectively, I'm sure took a took a big deep breath last night, um, yeah. and their fan base as well. It takes a lot of pressure off this game. Um, 
The Cavs were uh, just a game and a half behind Cleveland, uh, behind Philadelphia. Philly's the three seed, Cleveland the four seed. But until they lost uh, Monday to Atlanta, and then the Sixers last night um, beat the the Mavs. It looked like that that game was came right down to the wire. So now it's two, now it's two and a half again, um, which seems probably unlikely for even though the Philly uh, even though Philly has a very tough schedule, certainly yeah. not out of the realm of possibility. Um, but again, you know, looking big picture, you know, what is there, 75, 80% chance that these two teams match up in the first round. So I don't think they'll put all their cards on the table uh, in this matchup Friday night. Yeah, I think I think Cleveland, not to say they had to run the table per se, but this last little swing here where, you know, Sixers get a tough win, they get a tough loss. I think they were hoping they could beat the yep. Hawks. And then, you know, yep. not in Dallas has been kind of up and down, but Dallas is a desperate team, so they kind of yep. hope that Philly would win. That would have made things very interesting if that flips and now it's a half game because, like you said, Philly has the second toughest schedule left in the NBA season. Cleveland has, as I said, the 28th toughest schedule. So um, that would have made things interesting. Now, two and a half games, that's a, that's a lot to catch up. I don't know what the tiebreaker is like, but you, you would think that Philly would have the, you know, you think that Philly would definitely want to get that because they don't want to face Milwaukee in a potential second round matchup. Whereas I think if you're Cleveland, I don't think you really worry about that that much. Like I think home field advantage was the most important thing for them. That is not locked yet, but is almost locked. I think with a win, probably they would they would get that. I guess because Cleveland uh, Knicks have uh, you know, which maybe that's the only reason why maybe this this game doesn't mean something to them because this is the team that's behind them. So uh, both have five games to play. So you do the math there. Nick behind four. If they win this game, they clinch that uh, that 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 four seed in that home court advantage. But I don't think they worry so much about if they play the Knicks or if they play the Nets. I think that that's something that they don't. I think they prefer to play the Knicks, but it's not something that they're going to kill themselves to make sure they get that uh, three seed. So I agree. I'm not sure how much to take away from this. I also think it's hard to take away a lot from this game as far as a playoff preview because Randall will almost certainly not play. So how the Cavs guard the Knicks in this game, I don't think will look anything like how they look, they'll guard them in a, a playoff series. The other thing to note, uh, Jared Allen did not play Tuesday night in the uh, in yeah. the Cavs' loss to the Hawks. He's dealing with a strained right groin. Um, so uh, I believe he's listed as questionable. Uh, I'm not sure if they've submitted their injury report for Friday's game yet. Um, but obviously, this late in the season, a groin injury, I would not be surprised at all if they err on the side of caution, keep him out an extra day. Um, Isaac Okoro also dealing with some knee soreness. Um, he's a, he starts for them. Um, you know, is not really involved offensively, but uh, you know, more of a perimeter defender. Um, he also missed uh, Tuesday's game. Tuesday's lost the Hawks with a knee issue. Um, so, you know, they're probably going to be without two fifths of their starting lineup as well. Um, you know, something else to factor in to, you know, to not put too much weight into the outcome of, of Friday night. Yeah. I mean, if the Knicks are going to find a way to get a win in this one, I think that one of the first guys you got to look at, and the guy who kind of glossed over it, honestly, in the last segment is Obi Toppin. I mean, yeah. he's now going to be a guy who's going to be relied on a bunch. And we know the matchup he'll have a plan against a guy, like Evan Mobley, who's, you mentioned one of the NBA's rising stars in this league. Obi Toppin has been misused. Obi Toppin has not been, uh, you know, really relied on the way he should, given his skill set. But, like, you know, this is kind of it. Like, he's going to have, you know, up to 30 to 35 minutes probably, if he plays well, to go out there and show what he has. And we know that when he's had these opportunities, he's particularly played well. I'll be very fascinated to see, like, how the Knicks – incorporate him with this starting lineup like he hasn't really played like with these guys very much like Tibbs kind of goes with the hockey style substitution where like you know the first unit plays only with the first unit and the second unit plays only with the second unit and plus one guy so like 
you know, three guys who were on the bench and then the fourth guy, the four guys were on the bench and the fifth guy, usually RJ, plays with them. So he hasn't really got a lot of time playing with Jalen Brunson or playing next to Mitchell Robinson that much. So um, this is going to be very important to see how he responds playing in this moment. Uh, this is a team that almost drafted him. Cleveland was so high on him, and they obviously played at Dayton, so there was a lot of pressure to take Obi Toppin in that draft. They went with Isaac Okoro instead. So I'm looking to see Obi Toppin kind of make a statement here. I'm hoping that he kind of shows that, uh, you know, not just to the Knicks, but, you know, kind of to the rest of the league who maybe, you know, asked for his services this offseason. Hey, this is what I can bring to the table because they're going to need him in this one. Uh, you know, like he said, uh, Evan Mobley's an absolute load to handle, whether it be uh, defensively, whether it be what he brings on the offensive class, um, his ability to score on his own. Like he, he's a he's a he's an all he's all around player. Yeah, Mobley's in the running for defensive player of the year. Probably still too too young to win it, um, but uh, don't be surprised if he's in the top three, top two. You know, going yeah. forward, a few he's one down. of those rare guys that could legitimately guard like five positions. Like, yes. yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that being said, listen, Obi Toppin fans have called for Obi to get significant minutes for years now, quite literally years, plural. Um, obviously, this season, um, you know, it hasn't gone as you know as they would have hoped. Um, you know, part of that, a lot of most of that is due to the fact that Randall um, against the lots has had the best season of his career and is, is yep. on pace to to, to um, was an all star should be you know named to a, an all NBA third team. Um, so, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But listen, um, you know, it's a tough matchup against a great defender um, and a guy who can kind of punish you down low. Um, so Obi's going to have to play both ends of the floor. But this is, yeah, this is, if you're a top eight pick and, you know, you you think you're deserving of more minutes and, you know, whether you you view yourself as a starter for in New York or for the team that's going to trade for you this offseason or the team that you're going to sign with as a restricted free agent the following offseason, these are the opportunities to show um that that you have the goods that you have what it takes last year at the end of the season obviously the games didn't matter all that much but he played incredibly well um yes, when he, he got did. an opportunity to start that the, the the postseason his rookie year he was one of the very few knicks that didn't look awed by the big stage um yep. and actually exceeded his regular season production in that um disappointing albeit disappointing playoff series against the the hawks he uh contributed like i think it was you know he had a bunch of games with uh, i think it was three games with at least double digit points off the bench um yep. so he stepped up when when he's asked to um and he'll have an opportunity to do so again knicks have options they can go hard at four they can bring in sims and and play him alongside um hardenstein we've seen that um when mitch rob was sidelined at times we can see rj at four barrett talked a little bit about it after the game um you know the NBA's position list. I feel comfortable wherever it is. So Tibbs has options, but Obi should get the, the, the first opportunity. Should get the first crack at it. He should start. Um, and, you know, we'll see what, what he brings to the table. Obviously, it'll be fascinating to see if he can step in and step up. And last thing on this uh, game here, what do you feel about the Knicks' chances against Cleveland in a first-round matchup, you know, kind of coming into this game? Because that's going to be a lot of conversation as well. Sure. Uh, listen, a lot of it de depends on Randall. Hopefully we yeah. get the news the next couple of days and he's healthy. Um, he's going to sit out a few games, but should be good to go for the playoffs, et cetera. Um, and Knicks avoid injuries from here to then. And Mobley, um, I'm sorry, Jared Allen is healthy. His groin issue goes away. And, you know, hopefully all both teams are at full strength. That's uh, anybody, fan of any team, that's what you're going to hope for. Yeah. Um, 
assuming that's the case, that it is a great series. You know, mm. uh, styles make fights. This is a, this shape, that would shape up as a as a terrific series. There's a million storylines: the Donovan Mitchell, the IQ, and Barrett, and Grimes not getting traded, and Mitchell out in Cleveland, and uh, you know, how does Randall respond after his, yep. you know, his first his second taste of the postseason after a poor first season? Can can Brunson rekindle the magic that made him a hundred million dollars uh, in yeah. the postseason last year? Ironically, playing against the guy that he exploited in, in, in Donovan Mitchell yeah. on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, you know, Mitchell wants to prove that that was not the Donovan Mitchell that you saw, um, you know, in, 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 at the end of his, his time with Utah, um, a million different, you know, incredible storylines uh, woven together. Um, I think it has all the earmarks of a seven game series, um, you know, a close game, second half game seven. I, I think the teams are that tightly matched. Um, yeah. I think you can make a strong argument uh, of why the Knicks will, will be able to, to pull out a victory. Um, do they have to win in six? Can they win a game seven on the road? I think this team is one of the teams capable yeah. of doing that, given their road success. But you don't want to play game seven. You know, it, it's, it's so much can happen. I think you give the, definitely give the Knicks a legit shot. Is it 50-50? Is it 60-40? I'd say it's somewhere in that range. Um, you know, so I, I expect it to be a, a tightly contested series. Um, but I give the Knicks a, a, a it's certainly a decent chance to win, if not um if if i i probably you know as of this morning uh, as of today i'd probably pick them to to win the series to be honest i think mm. they played that wow. well for the, i think they played that well for the last three months um but uh cleveland certainly would be a tall order um but it, it will be fascinating to see certainly yeah it'd be a great first round matchup i mean i've been saying for a while that i think that this is the team that the nick need to get in this first round they get them that they'll advance uh, i really think that cleveland one of the things that I think hurts Cleveland in the series against the Knicks is their lack of depth. Um, they essentially don't really have a bench. It's Karis LeVert, and that's it. And LeVert's been starting because of the injuries that they had. But, like, you know, Osman, Rubio, Diakite, uh, like, these are the guys. Isaac Curl's been in and out of the lineup. Um, these are the guys that have been playing minutes for them off the bench. And the Knicks, as we've now seen with IQ and Hart and Hart, like, I mean, those are the weapons they have coming off the bench. And I think that, that that really levels the playing field from a potential, you know, Donovan Mitchell explosion that may happen yes. in this in this series. So I think it'd be a great series. I think that, you know, I agree, maybe not much can be taken away from this game, but I think it'd be fun seeing these guys, these guys line up, knowing that in about three weeks that this is going to be, these two teams lining up essentially to, you know, for all the marbles of keeping their season alive. So it should be fun. Just your point. It's crazy. You think about the next bench. IQ is going to be six man of the year. Hardstein, yeah. has he been the second, has he been the best backup center in the NBA this season? You could make a strong case, you know, right. like both ends of the floor impact is plus minus. It's, it's uh, 10th in the NBA, second half of the season, post all-star break. He's actually tied <laughs> yeah. with Giannis right behind Joel Embiid. Um, Josh Hart, has there been a more impactful you know, uh, trade deadline uh, acquisition? We know about what he brings, um, you know, and then you get the X factors like Obi. Um, no question. The 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 importance of a bench is a little bit, you know, teams will coaches will say it's a little bit minimized in the postseason. Multiple right. days off in between games, temp, the pace of the game tends to be slowed down. Um, but it'll be on Tibbs and the Knicks coaching staff to ramp up that pace um, and take advantage of the depth. So that'll be part of the X's and O's strategy that that gets thrown in. Should be a good one, Knicks Cavs Friday. Uh... I don't know if they call it the Q anymore. I don't know what they call that arena. I never know these arenas anymore because they change names. The house, the house that LeBron built. That's what they should. Be. Exactly. Exactly. In Cleveland. Um, 
Should be a good start. 7.30 start there. That's going to do it, though, for this episode of Orange and Blue Bloods. Thank you guys so much for checking this out. Tommy, let the people know where they can find you. At Tommy Beer on Twitter, and be sure to subscribe to the What's on Tap newsletter. You can find me on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, Instagram, Action EJ, TikTok, Action EJ as well. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of Orange and Blue Bloods. Again, this is a podcast you can get wherever you get your podcasts, including the free Odyssey app. Make sure you get the auto-download feature on your streaming service so that you can get these episodes every time we drop. Uh, this will be the last episode this week. We'll be back next week with three more episodes, so make sure you get that auto-download feature on your streaming service. Also, check us out on YouTube. Check us out on the WFAN page. Check us out on the Odyssey Sports page. We're dropping the full episode and segments from the episode on both of those channels. Check us out there. That'll do it for now. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. Tommy, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.